time for the WJR Sportsbook? You bet. Sponsored by Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Now here are your hosts, Steve Courtney and Jamie Edmonds. And here we go. <laughs> Welcome into the Sportsbook here on 760 WJR. As always, thank you very much for spending part of your Monday night with us. And thank you once again to Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort, the fine crew up there helping make this show possible. Uh, my name is Steve Courtney, and a little uh, inside baseball. I always call my partner, Jamie Edmonds, on Monday afternoons <laughs> to uh, go over what's happening. And she didn't answer earlier. And I immediately thought, oh, is it <laughs> baby is time? It. Yeah. It, it's, I, oh, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> But here she is. Everyone thinks that now. If I don't respond like right away, I'm like, no, I'm good. Sorry. Well, we're looking at what? Two weeks? Two weeks. Thanks for checking in all the time. Two weeks. Here we are. And, uh, you know, I think you're ready. Oh, I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you kind of get to a point, don't you? Yeah. All right. Uh, so nice to have you here. Yeah, no, but I'm excited to be here. Let's talk sports. We are going to do just that. Uh, more introductions. This show, as always, uh, produced by the one, the only, Nicholas Roddy. Roddy. Hi, Steve. Hi, hi, Jamie. Is the bag packed? Is it like by the front door? <laughs> Actually, yes. It's waiting. There we go. Well, because the uh, moment you never know when it's showtime. What if it happened right this second? I'm prepared. Okay. I'd be so panicked. <laughs> would it uh, would it freak you out if I if I told you I've got water boiling for 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 no apparent reason? But back in the day, when a woman went into labor, it was always okay. Boil some water. Why? I don't know. Let's not get it. Sterilization type I, thing. I don't want to know. I All don't right. want to know. Uh, Blake is here. Hi, Steve. Blake. How, How you are doing, you? We've spent a lot of time together today. Yes, we have. We have. You know what? And quite frankly, Blake, I wouldn't have it any other way. Me either. It was beautiful. All right. Now, uh, there was some business uh, Saturday afternoon in Indianapolis, and your Lions got themselves a preseason win, holding on to beat the Colts 27-26. Now, uh, these two teams during the course of last week participated in joint practice sessions. So uh, that meant no starter. For the Honolulu Blue and Silver saw any action because it's all about uh, position uh, study and who's got what and who's got the upper leg now. And uh, I think there's some interesting things to talk about with the group. And, of course, you dialed in wherever you are. One of the uh, great subplots, who is going to back up Jared Goff? Tim Boyle, David Blau, I thought, again, both represented themselves very well. Tim Boyle. Throwing for 99 yards and a touchdown. David Blau throws for 76 yards, a touchdown. He also had the deflected pick. Uh, James, do you have uh, a favorite in the clubhouse? Um, I just feel like they're pretty tightly matched. And Blau, unfortunately, here at the end is turning the ball over. That would be the one thing you could point to. Yeah, uh, he turned it over in the opener against the Falcons as well. Felt absolutely horrible about it. But um, so much in last week's episode... Uh, we were talking about this this rumor right. that Mason Rudolph of your Steelers would find his way to Detroit, and so far that has not transpired. No, it hasn't. And they have to get down to 80 players by tomorrow at 4, which yes. means five guys. 
do they make the quarterback decision now or later? Who knows? I think they, you know, it's kind of crazy uh, because the NFL now, just three preseason games. Right. Uh, you know, it used to be four. and Back in the 70s, it was like 10. So, <laughs> you know, uh, it's changing. I think that, you know, as you prepare for now a 17-game regular season schedule, uh, I'm sure there are those head coaches that are saying, man, you know, three preseason games, boom, it, it comes and goes. Right. But the players probably love it. Oh, I would imagine so. Yeah. I would imagine so. But, you know, here's the one thing that sticks out through two preseason games in Dan Campbell's second season as the head coach. The penalties. This has been a pretty disciplined football team. Last year, early on in particular. Nightmare. No, not so much. Uh, Penalty uh, situation against Atlanta, four for 35. Against the Colts, Saturday afternoon, three for 25. So, in two preseason games, 60 yards in penalties. They used to get that in a half a year ago. <laughs> They've been very disciplined, which is good. And Dan Campbell keeps saying, like, every week, we're better now than we were at this time last year. Got to believe him. Well, and I know Dan Campbell, his mantra, uh, as it applies to this Lions team offensively, is run the ball. Yeah. Run the and ball. Did they ever? Well, they did. Uh, 174 yards as a team. And, you know, I think two things stand out when you look at this Lions offense, aside from the offensive line, which I'm completely geeked about, barring injury. Uh, the wide receiver room, such a difference from a year ago right. when they were a bunch of no-names, to say the least. Uh, but you had Trinity Benson, four receptions, 44 yards. Tom Kennedy, five receptions, just 24 yards, but two scores. First, I, I want to talk about Tom Kennedy, but – they ran the football 174 yards. It was like five yards per carry average or something behind the twos, not behind right. that vaulted offensive line. So they have some depth there. Well, they really do. Craig Reynolds, uh, I, I like his aggression. Uh, Godwin Iguabuique, uh, seven carries, 32 yards. He had a touchdown. Jamar Jefferson. Uh, then you add, obviously, DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams, and, and it's packed. Right. That's good. That's good news have depth they want it that's their identity they want to be this hard-nosed football team in the trenches they've said it a million times and so far so good uh nick what stands out about this lions team through two preseason games obviously we're not printing super bowl tickets don't get us wrong here no and we're not uh getting tom kennedy's hall of fame jacket ready quite yet but i mean like jamie wants to talk about Tom Kennedy. I do too. I was looking at Kyle Meinke's roster predictions from MLive. He has Tom Kennedy on the outside looking in because you're saying he says as like a fifth or sixth wide receiver, he doesn't provide enough on special teams. Right. To right. Team. So uh, what do you guys think? You know, it's a situation. Uh, we're talking Tom Kennedy here. Um, and this is what preseason means to so many in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're fighting, scratching, biting, and clawing your way, hopefully, to an NFL roster. Right. So if he doesn't stay with Detroit, then I'm sure he has the interest of another team. I think he has intangibles. Like, he makes plays. Two touchdowns. He has 12 catches in two games, and Chet Johnson's tweeting at him. Ocho Cinco saying, Tommy Kennedy, I now know your name, and you've put me on notice. Well, I don't think that means he has to get a job or anything, but 
Well, we'll see. He's and again, a playmaker. Yeah, he is. Uh, no doubt about that. Uh, ben Johnson, the uh, offensive coordinator, I believe they showed him. He has a chart for crying out loud. By law, that means he's calling plays. That's what I said. It looked like he was calling the plays. That's what I'm saying. And you know what? I'm kind of torn. And I hope Ben Johnson does a wonderful job. But I love looking back at last year when Dan Campbell started. I mean, everything was in play. Right. But he could also do it again. He could take over if he doesn't like how it's going. you got to let your OC call plays. I was happy for Aaron Glenn, the uh, fine defensive coordinator. Um, this Lions D uh, negating the two-point conversion at the end to secure the victory. That was pretty cool. Small thing, but pretty cool. Still, again, making plays. That's the name of the game when you're fighting for jobs and you're not the starter. So good for them. I thought it was great. Uh, now, we're having this conversation on the eve of episode three of Hard Knocks. And, uh, again, I was a My huge favorite show. I was a huge <laughs> fan uh, even before the Lions got involved. But the fact that they're involved is, is another little dimension. I think uh, the relationship between Deuce Staley and DeAndre Swift is really going to be something to keep an eye on as this season unfolds because DeAndre Swift, who I've already gone out on a limb and said is going to be a pro bowler, he wants 1,000 yards rushing and 1,000 yards receiving. And he's saying that through the motivation of Deuce Staley, it, it can happen. You saw Deuce Staley sort of yelling at him, trying to prompt him, why didn't you go inside, certain things like that. Was that concerning to you, or did it seem like just a coach motivating a player? Coach motivating a player. And uh, you know what? I think that DeAndre Swift is going to get to a point where he relies on that. And uh, I don't think it was anything personal, obviously. Uh, but I think Deuce Staley, who had a nice run in the in the league, um, is expecting a lot from DeAndre Swift. So there you go. I also was impressed in last week's episode – I'm on Ross St. Brown, rattling off not only the player's name, but the school they played at of every wide receiver that was taken before him. I think it's great how these athletes get motivation, find motivation. For him, it's thinking about every single guy that went before him in the NFL draft and, like, rattling it off. Well, as a rookie last year, uh, he set the franchise record for receptions and receiving yards. Yeah. So he probably played with a little chip on his shoulder, and I think it's going to carry over. Have you ever seen the movie Princess Bride? I feel like he's re repeating, my name is Uniga Montoya, you killed my father, prepare <laughs> to die. Just naming these guys off one after the other every night before he goes to bed. I wish I saw the movie. Do you know what I'm talking about, Blake? No, I haven't seen young. any movie ever. Uh, Nick, Nick, come on. Nick, have you seen yeah. Princess yeah. Bride? Yes, yes. Okay, few. At least one person. Quote. You've seen Princess movie. Bride, but you haven't seen Rocky? <laughs> what in the I've hell? I've seen Rocky 1. I haven't seen anything past Rocky 1. I also haven't seen Rocky. Oh. Can we put oh. Princess Bride in your list then, oh. too? It's funny. I am devastated. <laughs> Blake, if you tell me you haven't seen The Godfather, our relationship is over. I haven't seen The Godfather. Oh, my word. Okay. All right. I'm going to have to ask you to leave. Get out. But we don't know how to do that technical no, stuff. No, I don't know. So stay don't get come out. in here and yeah, take no, care of this stay. job. I'll get I'm no, glad no, to leave. Just stay where you're at. <laughs> uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, hey, high school football in the great state of Michigan gets underway Thursday. How about that? 
Uh, we're going to preview it with you. David Garicki, the uh, preps writer from the Detroit News, will join us shortly as we continue with the Sportsbook here on 760 WJR. Welcome back to more of the WJR Sportsbook, sponsored by Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Once again, here are Steve Courtney and Jamie Edmonds. Unfinished business says it applies to the Lions. Uh, interesting note here, they had a players-only practice today. And uh, interesting in and of itself, they will shut down the preseason in Pittsburgh against the Steelers, 4.30 on Sunday afternoon. It's anticipated uh, that many of the starters will see a uh, rather lengthy rotation. I think they have an agreement with the Steelers that, you know, their starters are going to play when the Lions starters are playing, and it's really going to be a dress rehearsal getting ready for the season. Well, that was always back when it was four preseason games, that third, historically, Mm -hmm. the uh, dress rehearsal. So it'll be nice to see Kenny Pickett because I guess he's – He's lighting it up. He's tearing it up. He's got a Q, QB passer rating that's, like, pretty high. So people huh. in Pittsburgh want him to start. I don't think that he's going to, though. Well, I I wouldn't doubt it based on the numbers that I've seen he's putting up. We'll see. Then why sign Mitchell Trubisky? I think he starts. Anybody against Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, listen, another exciting high school football season getting underway already Thursday. Yeah, in our great state, uh, for the most part, high school teams will have two games in before school starts. Let's find out if our buddy David Goricki, the uh, preps writer from the Detroit News, is all set to go. David, how are you? I'm doing well. How about you, Steve? Everything is good, my friend. Uh, say hi to Jamie. How you doing, Jamie? Good. I'm excited for high school football. Friday night lights, right? Yeah, starting with Thursday. Yeah, exactly, at noon at the big house, right? Dearborn Ports and Clayton Brighton. How about that? I mean, and and you know what? As a matter of fact, well, for selfish reasons, David, I'd like to start with uh, your thoughts on the Kensington Lakes Activities Association. (laughs) Uh, My son, as it turns out, is the wide receiver coach for Livonia Stevenson. But that being said, uh, you also have Belleville, uh, coached by Jermaine Crowell, one hell of a program, defending state champion, uh, and quite frankly, the KLAA, David, is absolutely packed, is it not? Well, it is. I mean, Brighton was in the state championship game three, four years ago, you know, lost to Davison, then Belleville, of course, uh, won it all last year, and they got some other great teams, obviously, Fordson every year. They're really good. Livonia Franklin, they were in the state semifinals last year, and Stevenson had that great back a couple years ago that's playing at Harvard. So, you know, they, they just have a lot of talent. I have a question about one of your articles. You're, a lot of first-year guys taking over for absolute legends. Um, yeah, what kind of pressure really. is that for guys like Jermaine Gonzalez at Orchard Lake St. Mary's and, and the guy at Clarkston? Well, the thing is that's so good about, uh, you know, Jermaine is that he actually played there. And so uh, he kind of knows exactly what the culture is over there and everything. And he's just ready to take over. And the thing is, they pound the ball, right? But not him. I mean, he's looking to throw the ball a little bit more. So it's going to be interesting to see what's going to go on there. Plus, I mean, Thursday night, they play Rochester Adams right off the bat at Adams. So <laughs> you're playing the, uh, the, the uh, state runner-up team. So that'll be an interesting debut for, for Jermaine. David, you've been... And then Clark, Clarkson, of course, Justin Pinter, he's been in the program 
a little bit, but Kurt Richardson, I mean, three state championships, you know, in the last decade, that's a heck of a, uh, heck of a guy to replace. Uh, you've been covering high school athletics so well for so long there, David. Um, just your thoughts on the popularity of high school football in our state. Now, I think uh, to some degree it's always been popular, but it just seems as though over the last five, certainly ten years, the interest in high school football has spiked. Do you agree with that? I do, and it really should. I mean, when you're talking about the talent level, too, I mean, I don't think there's ever been a time where you had these types of uh, quarterbacks. I mean, you got Dante Moore at Detroit King, you know, Sports Illustratum has him being the nation number one player, not just quarterback. And then you have Bryce uh, Underwood over at Belleville as a freshman through five touchdown passes in the state championship game and one. And then, of course, C.J. Carr was going to be in his uh, junior year already committed to Notre Dame. I don't think you've ever seen for those classes, you know what I mean, 22, 23, 24. So the talent level is there. And the fans definitely are coming out. I remember when we had the pandemic, I mean, at its worst, a couple years ago, Rochester, Stony Creek, they had a great year. Their fans, they couldn't go to Southfield A&T because they weren't allowed in. Nobody was. And yet they had dozens of fans on the outside of the fence watching the game. I mean, just because they love high school sports and, you know, obviously they're supporting their kids and, and stuff like that for the detroit psl is it sort of detroit king and then everybody else king and cast tech cast tech's going to have a great team too uh jalen thompson uh he's a four-star uh, defensive end ohio state offered him uh, notre dame did georgia uh and uh, he just committed tonight to to michigan state so i'm sure spartans fans are absolutely yeah. thrilled <laughs> with that and you know kamari anderson um, he's going to be going to Cincinnati as a tight end and defensive end. I mean, they're loaded up front defensively, and they have some really good players on the offensive side. So those two against everybody, yeah, and then there's everybody else. David, I'm curious. Uh, obviously, uh, college football, uh, the transfer portal uh, has become such a huge part of uh, programs all over the country. Mel Tucker told me, uh, last December, 5,000-plus names in there. And my question to you is, being plugged in to the uh, high school scene in our state, because uh, I have heard rumblings that college recruiting of top-shelf high school talent has changed a little bit, that it's not done with the same vigor unless you are an extreme standout. Right. Do you, do you it's see changed that? a lot. It has changed a ton. I mean, if you're even a fringe, you know, like a three-star, you better commit like now. You know what I mean? Or, or those spots are going to be done because they're looking at the portal and then they're looking at junior college kids and they're looking at everybody but. And, of course, then you've got the COVID years, right? So you had the extra year. Those poor high school kids, they don't have a prayer. They really, really don't. I mean, there were some kids for Belleville last year that got pushed out and they were really lucky to be able to sign in February. We're talking about uh, uh, Jeremiah Caldwell, who caught a couple of touchdown passes in the state championship game. Lee, and he ended up at Iowa. So, I mean, they both ended up uh, at good places, Iowa and Louisville for Caldwell. But the thing is, that's because at the end, they had to find out if those 
some of those players weren't going to come back for that extra, I don't know, fifth, sixth year, right? Right. Because isn't it used to be like a fifth-year senior? <laughs> I mean, with that COVID thing, that's also strange. And that's still going on for another at least one year, you know, when you push back at those freshmen. Because I think like uh, Lou Nichols at uh, Central Michigan, he led the uh, nation in rushing last year. And, you know, he's from Cass Tech. But he was a two-time freshman Mac player of the year because they had that. So now finally he'll be a sophomore, even though he'll be in his third year. So it's crazy. And those high school kids, I mean, you're right. If you're not a four-star kid or a really, really good three, you you might not. uh, You're going to have to figure out some other things, either junior college, go to prep school. And some of those kids like Parachak, who was a stud quarterback, at uh, Dexter, I mean, Dexter had like a 41-game losing streak, and this kid took him completely out of there. And he actually went to, to prep school for a year because there was nobody, you know, nowhere to go, even though he was definitely a MAC-level kid, without a doubt. And his kid, his uh, kid brother, Brendan, is the uh, tight end that's going to be going to Michigan State. He's a really good player, Brendan Parachet. I forget who I was talking to, but I was doing a story for TV around Super Bowl time, talking to a local family, and they were talking about how they made videos, made their own highlight reels, and dad started calling athletic departments in colleges. Oh, yeah. And that's how they sort of got their foot in the door. Again, I forget who it was, but I feel like that's going to have to happen as well. All of a sudden, dad's the editor and now your agent. Well, in that strange thing actually happened last year at Fordson, too, with the Parker twins. Nobody knew about them at all, and they were like 6'5", 300 pounds, and out of nowhere, they had an incredible year last year. And we're talking after the signing period in uh, December, one of them on Twitter or something, you know how it is with with, uh, how everything going. He actually got involved in one of the coaches there, and then they started talking. And next thing you know, they brought him over there, both of them, and now they, you know, got scholarships to play at Washington, which is huge. Out of nowhere, you know, not getting offers like really anywhere, and then you got that. So there, there still are some, but but it's odd. It's different. It's few. You know what I mean? Few and far between those things ever happening. It seems as though, uh, Dave, um reading your your uh, previews for the various conferences, that programs are not struggling from a number standpoint. And there was a thought not that long ago that because of concussions and lacrosse and year-round hockey and year-round baseball and this and that football would suffer. Have you seen any uh, evidence of that at all? Some, some, yeah. And it might not. You know, you don't know if it's still from the COVID thing or if it did right. some head injuries or what. But Detroit Western, which is a big school, uh, had to actually close their program last year because of lack of numbers. They're back now, but we're going to see how that works. You know what I mean? And Muskegon Mona Shores, who had won some Division Two state championships, they have 32 kids on their roster. And it's a Class A school. So that's a, wow. a really small number. You know what I mean? So, Uh-oh. Some are still like that, you know, and the talent is there. It's just that the depth isn't, right? So if they stay healthy, they're going to be great. But if they get banged up like a lot of, obviously, teams do, that could be a problem. Okay, I'd be remiss to not ask you because my husband went to De La Salle. Do you think they could repeat? Oh, <laughs> oh without a doubt, without a doubt. I mean, 
they have 50 seniors. Can you imagine? Oh, wow. We're, we're just talking the numbers right here. And we're just talking about Mona Shores has 32 on their roster. They have 50 seniors. And they got the Brady Drogash um, quarterback. He, he's probably the best dual threat quarterback out there in the state who's going to Cincinnati. The Moroggan kid, the defensive end, he's going to uh, Illinois. And then they got the Tristan um, Nichols kid who caught a touchdown pass last year and helped lead uh, De La Salle to the state boys basketball state championship. So, they, you know, they know what to do in big games and every sport. And it just seems like it's, it's not going to end this year. They're definitely favored to win it. Uh, Dave, uh, our producer, uh, Nick Roddy, just told me that somebody called, don't know who, and uh, just wanted to say, Dearborn Divine Child, they got a little something-something <laughs> going on, huh? Well, yeah. You know, they got another uh, uh, top lineman who's going to uh, to Northwestern, the Sendic kid. And, of course, look, with Hayden, you know, Aiden Hutchinson went there, right? Oh, Several yes. years ago. And we're talking, you know, Lions right now. And, of course, at the time when, when uh, Hutchinson played, they had a kid named uh, I think it was Theo uh, Day, and he was going to Michigan State. Never yep. really, you know, I don't know what happened there. But, I mean, at that time, Divine Child was one of the big schools in the Catholic League. And, yeah, you know, they could have a good year, without a doubt. All right. Dave, thank you very much for your time. Much appreciated. And I, I know uh, so many places have labor issues. And uh, are we going to have enough officials uh, for high school football this you, year. You know what? That That is going to be interesting. It's going to be one of those things to, to wait and see. But you know what? It'd be nice if, you know, some people out there actually wanted to give their time and, you know, to get into something like that. It'd also be nice if the fans kind of lay off a little bit because you know oh, that they're yeah. doing Well, that the best, would be right? lovely. Well, yeah. So, so that really needs to happen. I went to a scrimmage at uh, – um, Southfield uh, A&T the other uh, night, Friday night, and uh, Detroit King was playing them. And I noticed that the head of uh, PSL officials were there, and there were a lot of people that he was training. So that's a good sign. You know what I mean? Right. But, yeah, the shortage is there, and they're always going to need more. So, uh, you know, I, I think at this point in time, especially because if you look at games and you go to games, they're older guys that are doing it, right? Oh, yeah. So, Ooh. you know, you need somebody to be replacing them, even if it's their kids. And probably they do have kids that are old enough to do it if you actually look at them. Well, we appreciate the conversation. Uh, high school football in this great state underway Thursday. David, thank you very much for the insight. Hey, thanks a lot for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Have fun. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, take care of yourself. That is David Goricki, preps writer extraordinaire for the Detroit News, and uh, if you have a vested interest in a high school program because of a son or, well, these days, daughter, uh, all the best. Uh, one thing I've learned, James, about uh, discussing high school football in these parts, if you can't mention them all, you're better off not mentioning anything. Right. You know, but it is what it is, and people are very, very passionate. Very passionate, and I've done the official story a million times. They need officials for every sport. Give up your time. I could uh, squeeze in a game on a Friday if I had to. Great. Give, give me a yellow flag. <laughs> After further review, we have a reversal. I think it'd be interesting. You want to run up and down umpire. 100 yards? <laughs> I don't see why not. <laughs> I was a high school umpire for a few years. Really? That was interesting. Okay.
I don't know. Well, hopefully. My uh, father-in-law was a, an official for a lot of things, and now he's in, like, the Michigan Sports Hall of Fame as a legend. So, As an official? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. So if you guys want any training or anything, he's He'd be the guy there. to call. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, hey, there was some very good news at Comerica Park yesterday. Yes, there was. We'll talk about that when we continue here with the Sportsbook on 760 WJR. Welcome back to more of the WJR Sportsbook, sponsored by Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Once again, here are Steve Courtney and Jamie Edmonds. Nice to have you with us, folks. Uh, we'll talk about the Tigers uh, in a momento, but right now we're going to talk about cats. Um, <laughs> our producer... Uh, Nick Roddy is doing his job remote, so he is actually on a monitor as he does this. And I look over, and ooh, is that Doctor Evil with a cat in his eye? <laughs> and uh, the, the the similarities were on. I didn't know you were a cat no, guy. No, his cat has hair. Yeah, yeah, I'm a cat guy. We we got him about a year ago. One hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> I'm a cat lady, and I'm proud of it. I salute you, Nick. Uh, now, look at you guys got something in common. I you want to hear a too. funny story? Sure. Uh, a person who follows me on TV and on social media drew a picture of my cat and looked into my background a little bit and put a Michigan State jersey on him for my husband and <laughs> sent it to work, and it's framed. So well, That's beautiful. <laughs> there you go. Charlie is a Go star. green, baby. <laughs> Uh, that's a what kind of cat is that? That that looks like a fancy cat. It is a fancy cat, a Persian. Ooh. Yeah. What do you got there, Nick? <laughs> I don't know. He's just kind of white and gray. That's a what street I call. cat. <laughs> did yeah. you rescue him? We did rescue him uh, from a family member, though. So. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and you have two dogs as well. It's a menagerie. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a full house. Well, look at you, Doctor Doolittle. <laughs> And he has a nice ficus behind him. I don't know if you see that. Oh, it's great for radio. Great ID. Great ID, Blake. A nice ficus. I don't think that sentence ever been said before. <laughs> <laughs> it just did. Not uh, on the show. Eat your heart out of ESPN. Look at us. <laughs> All right. To the ball yard uh, yesterday, there was big goings on. A marquee, if you will, pitching matchup. Eduardo Rodriguez, who has been a very interesting story, obviously, this year for the Old English Deers. Uh, the last time he threw was the middle of May. Uh, then he ran into a little injury situation. I think it was a rib. And then he had some personal business to take care of. Uh, various reports had uh, a marital thing. Uh, it doesn't really matter. But he left the ball club, and he returned triumphantly yesterday in a matchup with Shohei Otani. And Eduardo Rodriguez showed us, Jane, uh, exactly, A, why the Tigers spent a boatload on him, and, B, perhaps what the future uh, holds, because he was lights out. Five innings of work, gave up just four hits, no runs. He walked three, struck out five. Uh, Otani, by the way, only went four. I guess he had a stomach bug or something. Uh, gave up five hits, three runs, uh, walked four, and struck out two. I mean, you could tell Otani wasn't his usual self. He looked frustrated at every turn. The very first pitch he sent, Riley Green sent it out of the park, like 448 feet, the longest home run he's given up. So he wasn't quite right, but that doesn't diminish Erod coming back. 
five scoreless innings, five Ks after his first start since May. Yeah, uh, you know, and here's the thing. The season's over. I mean, for all intents Correct. and purposes. I mean, um, it's been a season of great disappointment. Um, you know, he contributed to that just by bolting. And then nobody could get a hold of him. I, I have feelings about you committed to this job and you're ghosting your employer. That's what I have a problem with. You don't have to tell me what your personal problems are because it's not my business. But just ghosting the Tigers is what I have a problem with. Well, and here's the thing. Um, the Tigers now have one two straight, which, you know, okay. Uh, but before that, uh, going into Saturday's win, uh, they had lost two in a row in 10 of their last 12. That has been the M.O. of this Tiger team for whatever reason. And I don't think we have time to get into exactly what's happening. I do know this, and I, uh, I've said as much. The fact that A.J. Hinch is going to be active in bringing in the new GM, I think is significant. I do too. And now that all this stuff's come out about Robbie Grossman, <laughs> they're going to have to beef up their analytics and stuff as well. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, Grossman really underachieved here. And then uh, they ship him, and it's uh, it's been a nice performance, and you hate to see that. So A.J. Hinch is saying, you know, what we have to reevaluate what we're doing from a hitting standpoint across the organization. Now, if you're the hitting coach of the Tigers, is that something you want to hear? No, but what I read is it's not – exactly the hitting coach's fault like what they did at at the Braves is they have this like deep analytics where they looked at Robbie Grossman's swing for the past three years from the left side and noticed like a little hitch or a little different arm position because they have this advanced system and they fixed him and he has two home runs in whatever 35 at bats yeah let's take a look at what Mr. Grossman is up to since uh, joining the defending World Series champion, Atlanta Braves. Boy, you talk about going from the outhouse to the penthouse. Uh, Robbie Grossman uh, right now hitting two thirty seven, Which is not going to blow your hair back, but it's with his left side hitting that they've identified a problem and supposedly fixed it. So then you have the question, Javi Baez is struggling. If he was with the Braves, could the Braves figure out Javi Baez this year and the Tigers can't? Well, and again, and it just kind of goes along with the way this season has gone. You know, you're a big league club too. Right. A lot of the problems this year, and there's been some underachieving. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, injuries, I get it. But this has gone on all year long. You're talking about a ball club that has been shut out 17 times. Yeah. Shut out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's been a slog been been tough all right well uh we're gonna take a break come back there's some very interesting national football league notes to talk about uh tom brady uh was due to rejoin the tampa bay bucks i thought it was interesting last night watching uh the uh, ravens in arizona against the cardinals you know john harbaugh nothing but respect for that cat um they have now won 20 two straight preseason games. Crazy. And nobody makes a big deal about it. But, I mean, think about that. 22 That's straight impressive. preseason wins. But also, like, meaningless. 
in the grand scheme of things. Although the Ravens in the pregame, they were talking about, you know, how it's part of their culture now. So I'm a big believer in if you can form some decent habits in preseason, chances are, better than not, they'll carry over. And I'd still say the one thing about this hard knocks thing, and we can talk more about it after the break, is that I think Dan Campbell is truly building a team. Yeah, and Aaron Glenn had that speech in front of the guys saying, you know, your college careers, you expected to win. We got to be there. We got to expect to win. All right, we'll have uh, more on that as we continue here on 760 WJR. Welcome back to more of the WJR Sportsbook, sponsored by Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Once again, here are Steve Courtney and Jamie Edmonds. Kind of hard to believe uh, that the National Football League getting underway in uh, just a couple of weeks, which means our wagering will continue. And even though you're going to be away with child, uh, and hubby Ryan, we can still wager. Okay. You're going to text me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we've got technology. Can we just start fresh? I think I even owe you from last week, but let's just start fresh zero zero. <laughs> <laughs> All right, whatever. Uh, the slate is clean. Okay. Uh, yeah, Tom Brady, a uh, fascinating story here. 45 years old, going into his 23rd season. Uh, he left the Buccaneers on August 11th, Uh, for what was described as personal things. And uh, as is suspected, the reports came out that um, it was to spend time with family. Um, Now, I did read, and I'm not shocked, that when he, Tom Brady, unretired last March, his wife, Giselle, went absolutely nuts. (laughs) And the thought was, well, there he goes again. Choosing football over family. Well, that time was very odd when he was going to retire. Adam Schefter breaks the news. He says, hold on a second. Yes, I am going to retire. No, I'm not going to. It was very weird. So I could see that backstory being true. Well, and then to take it, unfortunately, to the next level, there's also been reports about divorce being on the table. There's also been a report maybe he was on The Masked Singer. So who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Here's the thing. And I said it earlier today here on The Blowtorch. You know, when you take a look at professional athletes, and we'll just concentrate on the four majors right now, you know, obviously a lot is made about the money that's paid out to each and every one of them. And that point is moot because it's been going on for a while, and I understand it's been escalating. But I think the thing to keep in mind, and we have seen maybe example after example after example, um, you know, there is a great sacrifice when you're For the family. Of course. When you're a professional athlete, there is a ton you miss out on. Now, my fear for Tom Brady, and we don't have time to get into the question as to whether or not he's the greatest of all time. Um, I hope he just doesn't stick around too long. Too long. Uh, as an example, I would submit as people's exhibit a, the likes of Brett Favre, mm-hmm. um, you know, Johnny Unitas goes to the chargers. Shouldn't have. Um, I think, uh, you know, Joe, Na- Joe Namath, uh, went to the Rams. Shouldn't have, 
Um, just a couple of examples there. Yeah, and the guys who, like, leave their teams of many, many years to go to that one more team, it never really works out. For Brady, it has. I thought he'd retire after the Super Bowl championship. That would have been a good spot. Maybe Giselle thought the exact same thing. But I don't – this guy continues to want to play. He still has the the passion for it, if you will. But he just took 11 days off during preseason, so – Maybe he doesn't. I don't know. Well, I get it. You know, he's Tom Brady in preseason. Okay, whatever. Uh, But then Dana White, the UFC guru, comes out and says during his free agency in 2020, Dana White, and I don't know how he managed this, but he said that he had a deal for Brady and Gronkowski to go to the Raiders. Um, And then their head coach at the time, John Gruden, Nixed it. <laughs> Didn't want it. So he goes and wins a Super Bowl uh, with the Buccaneers. now With Gronkowski. Uh, let me ask uh, the other fellows on the panel here. How confident are you at 45 years of age, Nick, that Tom Brady could still be effective? Oh, and by the way, there are some offensive line issues uh, in Tampa. That's probably my number one question is the offensive line. I mean, he was productive last year. Didn't he have, like, the most uh, passes attempted in the NFL last year, over, like, 600 passes attempted? Statistically, it was, like, a top three season for him. Yeah, it was actually over 700 passes attempted. So I I think he could still have it as long as the offensive line – is kind of what it was last year. And last year was a really good offense. But he line. can't scramble. He's not that oh, fast. He wasn't well, he wasn't mobile as a rookie. It was never yeah, his game. But he's going to be without his Pro Bowl center, Ryan Jensen, out for a significant period because of a knee injury. Then uh, the Bucks lost their uh, left guard, Aaron Stinney, uh, who was competing for a starting role to a torn ACL-MCL Saturday night. Uh, so... Look, you've got a 45-year-old dude there. And look, there's nothing wrong with 45. Nothing is old about 45 unless you're an NFL quarterback. You are starting to push the limits. I think he looks a little bit different, but he was still very effective. So, obviously, the Buccaneers want him back. He's better than any alternative they have. Well, at the expense of Bruce Arians. Well... Yeah. Bruce maybe didn't want him back. Well, I think, uh, you know, now I was just reading, interesting enough, that Arians is starting to spend more time with the quarterbacks there in Tampa. So, uh, you know, who knows what's uh, what's going on. Yeah, uh, he was number one in yards and number one in touchdowns last year. So even if he drops off a little bit, I think it's a great season. The well, Lions would take him. <laughs> No, we wouldn't take uh, Mason Rudolph. I mean, he's still, like, what, a top eight quarterback in the NFL easily? Right, yeah. I get that, but okay. Rob Gronkowski says he's not going back. So there's that. So you've taken away a major target of Tom Brady. Um, So he's going to have to um, adjust to this Tampa roster. And I, I've said it a thousand times. Father time waits for no one. It's just one of the facts of life. Yeah, it'll be a very interesting watch this year with him. And then where's his head at with this family thing? And I hope, I hope that he and Giselle 
with this little break they had. I hope they're all on the same page right now. I mean, if that's even true. I heard that it could have been a health situation or something as well. Like, we don't know. Yeah. So uh, we'll see. Uh, once again, the uh, Lions will wrap up their preseason uh, 4.30 Sunday afternoon, interesting, uh, in Pittsburgh against the 2-0 and o Steelers. And, of course, uh, tomorrow night at 10, episode 3 of Hard Knocks. Let's go. Can't wait. I love it. Oh, it's interesting, too, because I enjoyed the Colts. They had the in-season hard knocks a year ago, which I thought was fascinating. It was something we had never seen before. Now, this Cardinals team with uh, Kyler Murray and that whole... Oh, my. Oh, dear. The contract. Yeah, I think that has a potential of being very interesting. Yes, I agree. I don't think you're going to get as much of access as you do for preseason, though. All right, they're uh, booting us out. Nick, thank you very much. Blake, thank you as always. Partner, we'll see you next week. I'll answer your calls. All right, it's all here on WJR.